1: We're all on Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to one hundred and forty-five countries. Two hundred and twenty TV radio terrestrial satellites and the potential for millions of iTune downloads before formally introducing my guest, I just want to, as I always do, properly and formally thank my corporate sponsors, Halt and Honda, and forever for believing in myself, my guest of each week, and the content that we bring to you, the listening audience. I also want to remind people that following the live show, you can eventually find the podcast link also on my host page, Living Fearlessly, with the C-Suite Radio Network over on C-Suite. So I just want to thank, once again, all of you lovely listeners, your testimonials, uh, your feedback. I want to thank you for being one of over half a million Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald podcast subscribers. It certainly means a lot to me. So, who is my phenomenal guest of today? Well, my guest today is a Spitfire woman by the name of Trish Tonai. Celebrating 25 years as an entrepreneur, Trish is an author, coach, and speaker working with individuals and leadership teams to shape organizational culture. Workshops, speaking, and one-to-one coaching will assist with creating an environment of innovation, collaboration, and mentorship that supports effective leadership and contributes to your wealth and well-being. As a member of the Certified Coaches Federation, she is committed to continuous improvement through lifelong learning. In 2018... That's us now, is the managing partner on the launch of an online program called the Mechanics of Flow 2, equals functional learning on wealth and well being. She is certified in EQ, emotional intelligence, an internationally recognized talent assessment, communication, and change management tool. Trish holds a Certificate in Mediation and Dispute Resolution from Harvard Law School, Negotiation Institute, and BA in Labor Studies Communications with a holistic approach to setting goals. Trish has combined her business acumen to become a certified personal trainer, nutrition wellness, and certified yoga specialist. As an author, she has published two books, Breaking Barriers, 10 Entrepreneurial Women Share Their Stories, and A Diary of Change, 12 Personal Tools. A recent endeavor has co-authored a magazine, Flow 2. Trish is a painter, loves to travel, and will readily admit that life is a work in progress. Welcome to the show, Trish. How are you, my friend?
0: Well, thank you so much, Lisa. It's wonderful to be spending some time with you and your network this morning.
1: Well, it's fantastic to have you here and I've been super excited to showcase you because as you and I would know behind the scenes this has been uh, set in motion for quite some time so I'm super grateful to share you with the listening audience, the global audience and I just want to say congratulations on all of your success. I think what you're doing out there in the world to pay it forward and to be of service and to really step into your own greatness as the role model and the leader is just absolutely phenomenal. So no doubt that you've been transitioning people's lives lives shifting change uh being a thought leader so i just want to say congratulations on all of your hard work and success job well done Uh, thank you very much
0: it's certainly a a life
1: journey
0: you you never know what corner you will turn and what door will close and a window will open so it's really been an amazing journey for me
1: Fantastic. Well, in reading up on you and doing some homework and research, I mean, some things that really uh, struck a chord in me is some of the parallels in how we language. And and I want to talk about languaging, too, because I think in terms of what it is that we endeavor to do and what, in fact, manifests in our life, it's all a result of how we choose to dialogue within ourselves. And so when you talk about, um, as I've read in some of your articles more recently, uh, the May edition – Uh, business name phase two wellness Uh, there was an article uh, including Shio Uh, Mm -hmm. I love where you talk about the adage of be the person who starts a ripple that creates change I absolutely love the fact that you reference um, quotes like win-win walk the walk and talk the talk keeping it real and results oriented so let's talk a little bit about the languaging and what that's done to catapult you in the trajectory of what we would now glean for your life to be Sure,
0: sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's really interesting to, to uh, the words that we choose really resonate with who we connect with and who we connect with ultimately, in my experience, takes us on a journey that we may or may not have thought was in store for us. Mm-hmm. And certainly for me over the years, um, I've had lots of those moments where I thought I was going to turn left and I ended up turning right or vice versa. <laughs> And it always leads to, you know, something new and innovative. And, you know, I always tell when I work with clients, I always say, you know what, as a culture, we don't really look at failure as an opportunity. And I think we really do have to look at some of those challenges that we face in life as giving us an opportunity to redirect our efforts and take us to somewhere that could be quite spectacular.
1: Absolutely. And so if we could just kind of go backwards, because I'm always interested in not only the inception of my guest's journey, but really the backstory, because a lot of the guests who tune in, they do so for the fact that they're really looking to sponge up some of the nuggets, some of the gems, uh, the imparting words and the wisdom that my guests uh, share each week, um, because they feel stuck, or they feel immobilized by fear, or they're on the fence in their own lives, or they just quite don't, they just don't quite know how to navigate the journey. Um, So when they listen to some of the successes and many of the successes of people who I showcase, that can be somewhat overwhelming. People think, well, you know, maybe they were born with a silver spoon. Maybe they were born with some type of ingredient within their DNA that somehow bypassed me in the birth chain. So let's talk a little bit about the backstory, especially when we talk as leaders about failure and Mm -hmm. why failure is not such a bad word after all and what it truly does mean at the core foundation of what then spawns into great success.
0: You know, that's a really wonderful way to uh, talk about, you know, I, I think as folks, we tend not to want to tell the sort of gruesome details of how we got started because, yeah. you know, our world is kind of full of the glitz and glamour. And sometimes we think, as you say, that, you know, it, these things just sort of appear for people. How come that's not working for me? Mm-hmm. And you know, I can honestly say that when uh, the reason why I wrote the book Breaking Barriers: Ten Entrepreneurial Women Share Their Stories is, um, I attended a Mediation and Dispute Resolution Certificate Program at Harvard, and I'll tell you, there was never more of an uh, an opportunity when I was sitting in this room with 47 other amazing people from around the world and thinking, oh, my God, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. <laughs> and it was uh, it was one of those things where I kind of thought, what the heck have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and what was really interesting about that whole experience is that, well, uh, we started, you know, you have your coffee breaks and your meet at breakfast and you have, you know, these little luncheon uh, get togethers. And we all started to talk about, you know, like, how did we get where we are? What was the thing that kind of gave us our motivation to move outside the comfort zone? I mean, these were some extremely accomplished people. And I certainly didn't feel like I belonged to sort of sit with some of these amazing folks. And it was what was really interesting is we started to talk about mentors, like who in our life kind of made an impression. For Mm -hmm. some folks, it was a teacher. You know, for someone else, it was a family member. Um, And it was really interesting because one of the gentlemen at the end of the week came up to me and he said, uh, you know, Trish, he said, you've had us all talking about our stories and all talking about, you know, how did we get to where we are and what was our own journey? He said, you know, I have two daughters and in the world today, they really don't have any ordinary women to look up to. You know, there's lots of really famous, uh, articulate people, but you know, what about the average people? How do we find the motivation to move forward? And he he, you know, you really should write a book talking about some stories that would give the average person an opportunity to step outside their comfort zone. And that really stuck with me. And when I came home from that course, you know, I often say, if I'm speaking to an audience and there's some technology people in the room, you know, like, thank God for you, because I can remember (laughs) when... Going to the resource library was the only way that you, could, you know, get any information. Now all I have to do is flip up my computer with my fluffy slippers on in my kitchen, and I have the whole world uh, available to me. Absolutely. So when I came home, yeah, it's really quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, when you think is. about it, it is. I started my career way back when when there wasn't even a cell phone. So, you know, I look at some of the folks that I coach and I say, like, do you realize that there wasn't even a fax machine when I started my career? And they're like, oh, my God, you're alien. Like, where did you come from? So I I really decided that sharing stories was really a wonderful way for us to connect with our not only with our network, but with our communities. Mm-hmm. So I embarked on a journey to uh, share the stories of 10 entrepreneurial women. And uh, I attended a networking event uh, with the founder of SHEEO, uh, mm-hmm. who was providing funding to women in a non-traditional manner. So sort of off of the regular IPO grid. And I made a pledge to her that I would donate all of my author royalties to her organization. So as long as she was in a quest to provide funding for female entrepreneurs. I would provide her with my author royalties to support that initiative. So Beautiful. it's really been sort of a, a full circle kind of thing, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Well, again, that just goes back. It's a testament to your character because the other thing that people um, of your stature would have come to know in your own journey and being committed to personal growth and personal development, the more you share, the more you give, the more it comes back. And it's not doing it for that reason specifically, but karmically, it just serves everybody well because we all want everybody operating at their highest vibrational level. And there really is no better way to do that than to anchor people along in the journey correct absolutely and you know
0: i always say that there's so many wonderful beautiful coaches out there who are sharing their experience and what makes the it it's all about the right fit you know because you have to find somebody that you feel talks your language and someone that you think understands where you come from and so that's why uh, I always use the, you know, keeping it real standpoint, because, you know, mm-hmm. my journey has, has not been about the silver spoon. I've made lots of mistakes, had okay. to pick myself up, brush myself off and start all over again. Mm-hmm. and uh, And those are the things that really take us to the next level of success.
1: Fantastic. Well, I really hope that the listening audience picked up on that specifically because yes, there are nothing comes easily. People, regardless of what you glean from social media, and of course we as entrepreneurs, we gotta keep the momentum going. We need to show what the announcements are, what the updates are, what the progress is. But in terms of all the positive things that get put up on social media, for everything that looks like it rings true or it's a bullseye or it's a high five, you and I both know, Trish, that behind the scenes there was probably 10 no's or there was, you know, something that went sideways or something that went south. So, you know, again, we got to keep the momentum going, particularly as entrepreneurs, because that's how we cultivate the buy-in, the the authentic buy-in of why people should reach out to you specifically, especially in an oversaturated industry where there are a lot of speakers, there are a lot of authors, there are a lot of coaches um, and mentors. So I think the fact that you mentioned that, that's what's going to resonate with the listening audience, because people think everything is just peaches and cream, and it certainly is not. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know,
0: I remember reading an article about Jack Canfield and that he had received something like 146 no's from publishers before. And I thought, oh, my God, talk about tenacity and resilience. I don't think that I could have made that pitch 146 times. (laughs) I mean, seriously, that's just got that that in itself is a testament and motivation to people who think, you know, when you've heard that first no and you kind of cringe and you think, oh, no, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. And just to have that get up and go to do it again and again and again until it resonates with someone who gives you a yes is, uh, is all part of the process
1: absolutely well i had the honor of interviewing him as you know on radio and i love the fact that people no matter how high up they are at the echelon operating at the top of their game where people know them on a first name basis they're so humble they go back to the humble beginnings they talk about the realness of their life their life journey all the failures along the way uh, similar to yourself trish so once again this is what i think embodies a leader people who do keep it real people who talk about the things that you know perhaps are uncomfortable you don't want people to know all your failures but people aren't going to resonate with you unless they see you as human right they got to be able right. to identify with what it is that you've gone through that shows in fact that you are a human being so let's talk a little bit about your ideal client you know what does it mean to be coachable because of course if you're going to sign up and you're going to partner and work in tandem with people you need to know that to a certain degree they believe in themselves that they're invested they're all in uh and that they can work with you
0: you know it's really interesting because i always have a sort of that one hour conversation with someone who may have been a referral or someone that may have seen me on social media. And I always have a conversation about what their defi- definition of success is, mm-hmm. because for for each and every person, it is totally different. And yeah. I've what I've really been able to notice is that the old definition no longer applies. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to, it used to be all about money. You know, how much money you have in the bank, how you know how many accolades you have in your career. And what they're finding is that the the folks that really seem to come to me and resonate with me as a coach is that they're looking for a balance between not only their wealth, but
1: mm-hmm. their well-being.
0: Absolutely. Because you know what? You can't, have, you can't have one without the other.
1: Very true. Very true. And you
0: know, I have hit the wall myself. So, you know, twice in my career, I've experienced what some people say is corporate burnout. There's lots of different, you know, taglines and acronyms for the people who have hit the wall. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've done that twice in my career, and uh, it it really can be very debilitating, and it takes you off the grid for a little while. Mm -hmm. But what it actually does is it makes you realign, redefine, and reassess what success actually means to you.
1: Love it. Love it. So in order for you to have gotten back on the saddle, so to speak, you know, as a result Mm -hmm. of some of those times where you encountered burnout, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and going deep within and really recalibrating the mindset and really going back to, you know, the core essential of who you are to really go, okay, what have I learned from the previous experiences of what to do differently and going forward, but knowing that the key pivotal important thing to do is in fact to go forward and to continue to put one step in front of the other so how do you manage in terms of being able to be fresh and to show up for all of your clients and for everything that you do and all the hats that you wear Trish what is it that you do in terms of your daily mantras your daily regimens your practices your rituals what keeps you on the straight and narrow and fresh for people and for yourself more importantly
0: you know, one of the things that I did before we connected today for this interview is I did a 15-minute meditation. And uh, I'm not one of those traditional folks. You know, I remember my the first time I hit the wall and somebody said, "You know, Trish, you have to meditate." Well, seriously, mm-hmm. my eyes crossed. I was like, "What? <laughs> meditate? What the heck is that? I've been going at Mach 2 with my hair on fire, working 80 hours a week, and you want me to sit down and meditate? What the <laughs> heck is that?" So I seriously had to train myself that, you know, maybe a traditional meditation method doesn't have to work for everyone. But what you need to do is kind of center and silence yourself just for a few minutes. If it only works for 30 seconds and you get a little bit of a, a boost from that, then you can work it up to however much time you feel works and speaks for you. Uh, one of the things that I do with all of my clients, and you know, when I first mention it, and I think they they kind of look at me or there, I can hear the silence on the phone when I ask them if they've taken a look at Amy Cuddy's research from Harvard on the power pose, mm-hmm. and standing just, you know, with your feet hip width apart, your hands on your hips are in that victory sign. And for 30 to 60 seconds, just centering your mind on what it is you want to accomplish in the day or mm-hmm. having to overcome an obstacle or a challenge that may have presented itself. And, you know, it seriously really does work. It does and work. It really does work, and you know, it was really wild about that. Is I don't think that when I've never met, had the privilege of meeting Miss Cuddy, but I'm sure when she started her research, she never really realized the benefit of that the power pose was going to have to so many people. And and I'm always always very conscious of providing uh, the the place in which we get some of these really amazing work and giving credit where credit is due. And I remember when I first watched her TED talk. And Mm -hmm. for just some reason, the way that she connected with her audience was just really amazing. And Mm -hmm. I was standing in my kitchen at the time, and there I was, you know, doing the power pose and going, wow, (laughs) this feels amazing. Doesn't it? I tell clients, it really does, seriously. So, you know, for me, it's, uh, and and obviously as a personal trainer, you really believe in the power of the mind-body connection. So I do a power walk every morning. Uh, You know, I do a quick meditation and sometimes I include a little bit of yoga and I switch it up every once in a while, but I really think for me, it's um, where I get that sort of positive energy feeling to start the day is really from walking
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: actually the best exercise that any of us can do, especially if you have the, the ability to do it outside True. because it, that breathing in all that wonderful fresh air just gives you an amazing amount of energy And to be quite honest, Lisa, I have to say that at the end of every client meeting that I have, I feel so rejuvenated and energized by the energy that people share Mm -hmm. that that's just another way to keep it fresh and keep it real when you go from one client appointment to another.
1: Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, let's talk a little bit about emotional intelligence, because it's a buzzword that's been thrown around in the personal development world. But like yourself, Trish, I totally subscribe to it. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's more important than, you know, IQ. Uh, you know Mm -hmm. talking about measuring intelligence specifically on its own so let's talk Mm -hmm. about emotional intelligence and why specifically that needs to be embodied why that's important for anybody who claims proclaims to be um, or is characterized by their peers or mentors or colleagues as a coach what why is emotional intelligence more important than anything else
0: You know, for me, the connection was those 15 soft skills are things that can be learned. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people in life say, well, you know, you're never going to be able to do this if you don't have a natural affinity or an ability for it. You know, and, and I think of professional sports and the amount of time, effort and energy that an athlete puts into becoming the best that they can be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you think about it, you're not born a long distance runner or you're not born a, you know, a distance swimmer. It, you, you're born with a passion that you have. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of hard work and effort that goes into becoming the best at what you can be. So the very fact that emotional intelligence talks about the 15 soft skills that we can actually concentrate, learn and nurture. And they're going to change at different points in your life, you know when we start off in our careers in our early 20s, you know, I always say you're full of piss and vinegar and you're going to change the world. <laughs> you know, and it's not until we've, we've had a few hard knocks that we go, oh, wait a second here. Maybe I don't know everything. You know, like maybe yes. there are a few things to learn. And mm-hmm. actually, uh, emotional intelligence will actually help you. What, what I say to folks is when we do the, the leadership uh, EQ assessment, What it's actually do is it's not only going to show the areas that you excel, but it's going to give you a chance to revisit the places or the opportunities that you may nurture in yourself to try to get yourself to that next level. And it's going to change. I mean, I could do an EQ test today and, you know, decide that I need to work on um, empathy as an example. And six months from now, empathy might be exactly where it needs to be, but I need to work on assertiveness. So it's that yeah, continuum of mm-hmm. movement that mm-hmm. I think is really important because uh, any entrepreneur will say, uh, you know, it, uh, you're only as good as your last sale or you're only as good as your last client. So we always have to strive for that next next level of success or that next pinnacle in our careers. And so it's really a continuum. It's, it's not hard and fast.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Who
0: we are at the end of our career is not the person that we started out as. So I really, and I think it's important to have somebody that can kind of say, uh, can guide us because sometimes we don't see the things that other people see in ourselves. Mm -hmm. So having that relationship where somebody can say, you know what, that's really awesome, but maybe you might want to think about this and just having that sort of sober second thought can really expand our opportunities.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's a good segue for something else I know myself and the listening audience would be very interested to know. So who have been some of your most pivotal, tangible, intangible mentors? Who has helped to shape and navigate you in the trajectory of your journey? Trish?
0: You know, know, when I do speaking on mentorship, I talk about the three different types of mentors. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the mentors for me is an informal mentor. And that can be somebody, you know, that maybe you've read a book about, or you've seen them on social media, or maybe it's someone in your community that you really think has got it all together. And Mm -hmm. so uh, for me, that was Coco Chanel. Oh, lovely. Yeah, in the 70s, you know, I really felt that she was the first feminist and really the truly the first uh, entrepreneur to me. Mm -hmm. And the fact that her life was not a bed of roses, you know, and yet she just kept on the journey with a sense of purpose and when I think of all the amazing things that we actually now enjoy as a result of her sort of being a maverick at that time Mm -hmm. like you know when I even something as simple as getting rid of the corset you know and jersey fabric she you know she was the one who sort of brought that to the forefront or fashion jewelry you know like there, that was a time when if you didn't have sort of the real deal, um, you you didn't have any jewelry. And she brought fashion jewelry to the forefront.
1: Mm-hmm. Or even
0: now, what we would consider to be the vanity fragrance industry. She was the very first person that brought out, you know, fragrance was Chanel Number 5. Yes. So indeed. for me, she, she was a really inspirational mentor. And in the fact that she was able to reinvent herself based on her customer. Mm-hmm which I thought was a really important and pivotal thing in her career.
1: Well, and so, the thing is, too, it's so obvious, but it gets glossed over all the time, you know? Like, it, mm-hmm. it really is. It's who are you serving? Who is your demographic? Mm-hmm. Who is your client mm-hmm. base? Who is your audience? Uh, you know, that is so key for anything you do going forward, particularly when you're operating at the echelon that you are, Trish. And yet, a lot of leaders, they forget that. They forget yeah, that. They and get, it, yeah.
0: You know, what's really interesting is I think that um, we all have to remember where we came from. We all have to have gratitude for the people. And and I'm also one of those folks that believe that, you know, we meet everyone in life for a reason. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not till we are in our 40s or 50s that we actually can appreciate some of the quirky people we may have met (laughs) along the way and and be able to sort of say, you know, because sometimes, you know, we, we meet We think, wow, like that just, that person is just really off the grid. I don't get them at all. And yet when you, when you actually, you know, engage them in conversation and kind of get where they're coming from, you think, wow, that was really very profound and very insightful. And I never would have gotten that from them if I just sort of did the usual cursory, you know, hello, smile, shake your hand and move Mm -hmm. on to the next person, you know? So I think that uh, being able to establish those uh, relationships and taking that little pause just for a few seconds to meet someone new, uh, you just never know where that may take you on your own personal journey.
1: Absolutely. Well, I can attest to that. I've, I have found as I get older and being a woman, 46, um, mm-hmm. you know, the the nuttier the person, the more brilliant they tend to be. Really, isn't, you know. Isn't that ab- the truth? It is. It absolutely yeah. is. Um, so I would also be interested to know, Trish, how do you exhibit vulnerability as a leader? Because I think that's a key core essential ingredient for anybody who's truly in the realm of leadership.
0: You know what? I think you have to keep it real and, um, there's nothing more. I think that people gravitate to someone who keeps it real. I think we can tell the difference between someone who's really genuine and someone who's giving us, um, the, uh, the sort of high gloss finish that we expect.
1: Yeah. And,
0: uh, and I also think that sometimes, you know, we have to say, we have to admit our mistakes and uh, be able to, to say to somebody, um, I, at which I have often done in some of my client with some of my clients and said, you know what, that's a really great point, but I, that's outside the field of expertise. Mm-hmm. So I would like to refer you to someone else because, you know, there's, there's no point in faking it. Yes. It just yes. doesn't it just is not going to get you what you need in the long run. And you know the the folks that that coach with me, um, I coach a very limited number of people in the year because I really feel that if you want to get results, you have to make that commitment. And mm-hmm. so for me, um, that commitment usually resonates with only ten to twelve people in the year that I coach. Because I also do the speaking and mastermind sessions to sort of support. And that actually gives me an opportunity to bring more to the one-to-one coaching. Because the more you expand your own horizons, the more opportunities you have to connect with your client and open doors and windows for them as well.
1: Absolutely. Well, I want to circle back because you said something that is really key and I want to impress upon that with the listening audience. So when you said, mm-hmm. you know, I don't coach everyone, if there's somebody who I feel I'm, you know, th- they're looking for something more specific outside of my level of expertise and might be better suited, I provide the referral. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't take on mm-hmm. everyone. I think that's key and I think that's awesome because oftentimes a lot of coaches, they're, they're really just looking to build their roster. It's another person, it's another level of income, um, but mm-hmm. truly for people who are committed to really, really enhancing, enriching and offering impact and value to the lives of others, whether you take on that direct relationship or not. I think for you to feel confident within yourself and to be truly committed to that person's growth, even though they're not going to evolve with you per se, the fact that Mm -hmm. you make that referral shows that you belong in the industry. You've earned your right and you get it.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: I I cringe sometimes when I, um, you know, go to some networking events and, you know, like we all do, we introduce each other and someone will say, the first question that someone will say to me is, well, how many clients do you have? Mm-hmm. And I think, really? I, right. I really don't think the number of coaching clients that I have is really relevant. Um, what's more important is is if they're getting something out of the experience. So yes. that's why you know I always go back to what's your definition of success? Because, you know, it, that really sets the stage and the roadmap for a relationship that's going to cultivate results because for each individual person, it's different. And I don't think there's a cookie cutter approach. No. So we, we really do have to be able to be adaptable. And that's why my niche is I call the preneurs. Mm-hmm. So because I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years, I've been a female entrepreneur for 25 years and I coach just as many males as I do females. But mm-hmm. what's really interesting is, um, some of the the gentlemen that I coach work for women. Interesting. And so they said, you know what? I, I would really like to get a different perspective on this because my perspective is different, and I can see that you know the leader that I'm working with has a different perspective, and I'm I'm not making the connection. So sometimes I help them make the connection between that the gender bias that we are all born with between the male-female relationship. And that's been really interesting for some clients that I've connected with. Super.
1: Well, I want to circle back again, because, you know, again, when people come and they ask you or they approach you with the inquiry of, you know, how many people do you have on your client roster? Mm -hmm. To me, that Mm -hmm. that in itself speaks volumes about that particular individual, just generically speaking, because really, uh, somebody who's operating with the with the understanding of what this whole experience is supposed to be about and the role that we are in fulfilling that with people, it's always about quality versus quantity. Always. Yes. yes. Yes,
0: absolutely. And I don't think that coaching is any different. And no. I, I do think that um, if, you're, if your approach is really to ensure that the relationship with your client is that they get exactly what they need
1: mm-hmm. out of
0: the experience, then you're accomplishing your goal. And it's not about what my goal is. It's about the individual's goal and mm-hmm. helping them to break whatever barrier that they may have to their own success and identifying that so they can move beyond it and get to a different place of comfort.
1: Bingo, bingo. So let's talk a little bit more about Phase Two Wellness, and I want to again sure. emphasize for the listening audience: Phase is spelled P-H-A-Z-E or Z-E, uh, not mm-hmm. S. Um, so let's right. talk about Phase Two Wellness, and let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about CEO and what this mm-hmm. is, and and the and the different suite of services this provides for people potentially.
0: Sure. So I started Phase 2 uh, Wellness in 2008, so I rebranded because I've actually rebranded my not only product and service offering, but company three times since I started 25 years ago. And in 2008, I started Phase 2 uh, Inc. or Phase 2 Wellness because I felt that there was um, a need or a market opportunity to reconnect leaders and leadership teams with creating a culture of success that went beyond the monetary. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I think that if you're going to work for whether you're an entrepreneur with a small group of individuals or whether you're um, an entrepreneur and you have a lot of strategic partners or whether you're part of a leadership team and you're working with, you know, 50, 60 or hundreds of employees, we have to make the connection between wealth and well-being because it's not all about the money anymore. Mm-hmm. And so in 2008, I uh, became a certified personal trainer, um, eventually nutrition and wellness specialist and yoga instructor, uh, got my EQ certification because I was trying to reconnect with leadership teams that perhaps needed some assistance in connecting the dots and ensuring that the people that they work with are uh, because we're st- our strategic partners and we all help each other with our own success. If we're not aligning ourselves with people that have the same sort of vision as we do, then we're not actually going to be able to achieve our long-term goals and objectives. Very true. So um, that was sort of the reason for for starting that business. And, you know, I've done uh, brand consulting uh, at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. I became certified um, as a coach through the um, Certified Coaches Federation. And that was actually because one of the... um, one of the contracts I was working on, I was part of a C-suite team and I was the only female that had been in that C-suite for over hundred years, believe it or not. Wow! And uh, it, it was a one-year contract and I was working with the then brand manager. And one of my personal objectives was really to try to elevate the individual success of my uh, direct reports. And I made a connection with this lady who had been working for the organization for a number of years. And I could just tell that she had lost her, her mojo. And so we started to, uh, to develop a relationship that went beyond the, you know, nuts and bolts of the business and trying to coach her on elevating her status within the company. And that was at the end of that experience that she wrote me a lovely thank you letter. And she said, you know, Trish, based on the success that we've had and the things that I've been able to accomplish in the year that we've worked together, maybe you should consider being a coach. Love it. And so it wasn't something that I'd even consider to be honest because I was, you know, still running at Mach 2 with my hair on fire doing brand <laughs> consulting. And. <laughs> You know, trying to put food on the table and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, like everybody else, trying to keep up with the gig workforce and thinking, good God, you know, like, I'm getting too old for this. I need to do a brain dump <laughs> somewhere and, you know, get all this this new information that I need. So it was after that experience that I thought, you know, that was the thing that really jazzed me about that contract was helping her to achieve her own personal goals. And I guess I was doing it in a mentor role. And thought, okay, well, maybe I'll take this whole uh, idea of coaching to a whole new level. And then went on, uh, embarked on a journey to try to elevate my own uh, thought leadership within that industry. Because I really felt if I'm going to take this seriously, then I have to be serious about the effort that I put into it. So I've been spending a lot of time from an education standpoint Uh, Hence, going to Harvard for the mediation and dispute resolution, you know, becoming certified by the Certified Coaches Federation, getting certification in EQ and combining all of this knowledge with my practical experience in order to have a level of confidence that I feel that I can help and assist someone else with achieving their goals and objectives. So that's really the whole idea for me.
1: Fantastic. Well, I just have to say, you're such a powerhouse. You're such a spitfire. Your energy is emanating thank through you. the airwaves. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm pumped you. listening to you. So thank I, you, thank yes, you. I need to know though, you know, given your momentum, Trish, how do you find it challenging just keeping up with yourself and your hunger for life? <laughs>
0: You know, it's funny because uh, what it, what seems to happen is uh, life seems to have a way of putting me back in my place when i my feet are running faster than you know my body can manage. Yeah. And uh, and that's when you sort of uh, you know, as I say, the the corporate burnout doesn't happen for folks who are sitting on the sofa watching TV and eating popcorn. That's right. Um, <laughs> corporate burnout happens to the people who are still chasing their dreams. And, um, and when you, you know, you're running at Mach with your hair on fire, I actually had a client who send me a, a little caricature of what uh, she thought I looked like as, uh, you know, running at Mach <laughs> with my hair on fire. And, uh, so I often will refer to that little caricature and think, you know, geez, do you think maybe you might just, you know, sit down and just be with yourself tonight and read a book and, you know, have a cup of tea or a glass of wine and chill for five or 10 minutes. Right. And uh, that that's the biggest challenge for me, because, um, you know, when you find that you when you feel that you have found your purpose or mm-hmm. your why and being mm-hmm. answer to that, why um, you start to think, oh, my God, I don't have enough time. I've, you know, I've got to I've got to uh, I've got to reach the people I've got to connect with the people who are supposed to connect with me. So you want to be and be seen. You want to get out there meeting as many people as you can. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you put yourself to be the last on the list. Yes. And, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and for me, that well-being component was the reason why i sort of um, done the reevaluation and said, you know what? You need to have balance between wealth and well-being because you can't run at 2 with your hair on fire all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. Right. And... So for me, that was a big reset and, um, you know, launching the program, the mechanics of flow with the other two uh, managing partners that I have uh, has been a real realization for me because when I'm now out speaking about flow and what flow actually means, it really means finding that balance between wealth and well-being because you'll be a lot more successful at whatever it is your goals are if you have a balance between those two components.
1: Absolutely. Well, with all the various hats and the roles that you wear, I mean, obviously, you love absolutely everything that you're doing. But is there Mm -hmm. one is there one area specifically that you feel more impassioned by, whether it be the speaking, whether it be the coaching, whether it be the writing in terms of being an author, you know, if you had to pick one as difficult as that might be, and you could only stay with one aspect and going forward with the rest of your career, what might that be?
0: You know, it's that's an interesting question because it was something that I asked myself this weekend. Um, really? Because
1: I, yeah, I always see do no coincidences.
0: Of, <laughs> no, absolutely. I always do that sort of quarterly recheck. You know, where you check check in with those goals, your strategic goals and objectives for the year, and kind of ask yourself the question: So, how is it going? Mm-hmm. You know, are you are you making some headway here? And to be quite honest, um, that was a really hard question for me to answer. But if I I actually had to choose one and rank them in order of priority, Mm -hmm. it would be speaking first, coaching second, and writing third. And the speaking first, only because I feel that if you're going to be the person who creates a ripple that starts a wave of change, Mm -hmm. the only way in which you're going to be able to touch more individuals is if you spread the word through speaking.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so for me, um, I think that that will probably be something that I reevaluate for the balance of this year and moving forward into 2019 mm-hmm. is trying to uh, reconnect with individual markets and audiences that are looking for a way in which to increase their own ability to mentor because Mm -hmm. I really do think that uh, we have a responsibility at a certain age and stage in life to be a mentor to the next generation yes absolutely and to be a mentor to our to our own generation I mean Mm -hmm. you know There's things that I'm not comfortable with. I'm I am like the worst technology person in the world. I mean, seriously. (laughs) I hear I hear you, sister. (laughs) It's almost pitiful when I think about it, you know. But I think, you know, I know how to do only the things to get the results that I'm looking for. And I'm okay with that because I've decided, you know, like you, you just can't be uh have a level of perfection if you're a perfectionist at everything you do, you kind of have to go with the flow. So um, I'm okay with not being the most techie person in the world, but I will form strategic partnerships with people who are.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's why it's important to know what your strengths are. And rather than focus on your weaknesses and cut into your content time and everything else that jazzes you up, you outsource it. You know, find the Mm -hmm. reputable people where that's their skill set that's what they're passionate about and then it gels and then it works right so i absolutely. mean absolutely absolutely so what does 2019 look like for you i know it's very important in terms of your meditative practices you try to be present you try to establish that balance to keep it all going and singing but you're also a visionary you're also somebody with lofty mm-hmm. goals so what would be on the horizon for you outside of continually honing what it is you're already doing now Trish,
0: You know, I I think because the mechanics of flow is a new initiative and Mm -hmm. because we've um, structured it as an online resource,
1: Mm -hmm. I
0: would like to be able to connect with uh, audiences and groups and various different networks to bring the opportunity of giving people a chance to redefine their definition of success. Mm -hmm. find their own level of wealth and well-being and for me I think that means um, doing more speaking and connecting with folks on that level Mm -hmm. and introducing them to uh, the resources that are available because you know it speaks to different people at different times yes and we've developed the program in such a way that we, we haven't said you have to start here and you have to end here. We've left it very open-ended so that based on what you feel that you need right now, you can tag into that particular module and do a little self-study on that particular area. And it mm-hmm. sort of all ties back to the concept of EQ because, you know, to be able to be the best person that you can be, you have to resonate with your own story. And, and I think we need to keep it real and sort of, and own it. You know, you have to own your story Mm -hmm. and in order to own your story, you have to understand that there is a continuum of lifelong learning and it just never ends. And if you open the doors to, to that concept, then I think we'll all be able to accomplish more and contribute a whole heck of a lot to the individual communities in which we live.
1: Absolutely. Well, what about the birthing of a third book? Do you ever see that on the horizon?
0: You know, what's interesting is uh, I have on my website right now anyone who's interested in participating in volume two of Breaking Barriers. And somebody said to me, you know, instead of doing 10 stories, why don't you do 20 stories or 30 stories or 40 stories? And that certainly would be something that I would welcome in the future. And I would really love for it to be an international version um, one of the ladies that we feature in the book has uh, a current business that's in both sides of the border. Um, all of the ladies are Canadian. I mm-hmm. would really love if we could have people almost from every continent sort of participate in sharing their story. Oh, and, I love that. Uh, what, yeah, what barrier they broke? You know, each of the ladies share three words of advice, and each mm-hmm. of them share a barrier that they had to break.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's, it's so interesting to see and the age span of the ladies in the book, you know, are the youngest entrepreneurs in their 30s and the most seasoned entrepreneurs in their 60s. And yet there's so many common elements that sort of have transcended the age gap. And um, I would love to be able to feature the stories of uh, women internationally, because I think even though there's cultural differences we're still all entrepreneurs, and we still yes. all find, have the same challenges. Where we live um, is really doesn't really come into play as much as the feeling and the the opportunities that we face on Agreed. that road of entrepreneur
1: agreed well it's the universal language regardless of geographic space right so it's it's what it's what binds us and what bonds us so that sounds fantastic I, i i'd love to see you You get that going and have that become a tangible product and come to fruition, which I have no doubt that it will. That's fascinating. I love the premise of all that. So being cognizant of time, Trish, I just want to give you an opportunity to share with the listening audience where can they, in fact, connect with you if they want to reach out for an initial consult, uh, if they want to read your materials, if they want to follow you on social media, what would be the best way to find you and connect with you?
0: So, obviously, um, my site, phase2wellness.com, and that, as you uh, thankfully mentioned, it's P-A-Z-E, the number two, wellness.com. Mm-hmm. I also have a LinkedIn profile under my name, Trish Tonai. So, I have had folks who have connected with me on uh, LinkedIn. And I also have uh, three different options on Facebook. So, my personal profile, there's a phase two wellness page And we also have a Breaking Barriers page where we feature women and their stories of success or their challenges and opportunities. And so we have that as a group as well. So really those three, uh, and I also have a Twitter account, which is uh, Phase 2 wellness So those are sort of the social media channels. I remember I said I was technology channels. So (laughs) there's absolutely... There's no way that I can I can expand that to to any other uh, area and keep my sanity. So it's sort All of linked right. LinkedIn, Facebook and a website at the moment. So, those oh, that's would be great. There.
1: Yeah. That's great. That's more than a lot of other people have, you know. So that's a good social media footprint, and I certainly follow you, and I appreciate everything that you do in support of me. Um, So I just absolutely love the Vibe Attracts Tribe mentality. So knowing that we're cognizant of time here, what would you wish to say as parting words to the listening audience? If they could have one breakthrough or takeaway as a result of listening to you today specifically, what would you want those lingering words and imprint to be?
0: Trust your instincts and go with your own flow.
1: Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I just want to say, you know, Trish, this has been a phenomenal interview. I always take notes, um, and I certainly get a lot more out of the interview once I'm not on, specifically as the host, and then I can play back the podcast link, and I get so much more out of it, and in fact, time permitting, I often listen to them twice, uh, because I Mm -hmm. always get something out of the podcast link the second time, and I say that for the benefit of the listening audience. Uh, Understandably, with this being a live show, a weekday, a lot of people aren't entrepreneurs like ourselves, or even if they are, you're busy, you've got your own multitude of uh, to-do lists, you've got your clients, you're juggling a whole bunch of things. So knowing that tuning into the live show may not be an option for you, I certainly encourage you to take heed of all the important messages and information and words of wisdom that Trish has shared with us today. Um, I think, you know, I'm a student of life, as I know you are too, Trish, and it's really just about learning because sometimes it's just the way in which regardless of how many ways we've heard things that sound similar, sometimes it's just the way the nuance or or the conjecture or the example that my guest has used to illustrate and hit home their point that's what resonates that's where you get the aha moment that's where the light bulb goes on so I really want that for the listening audience so really you know get a pad of paper get a pen When you have an opportunity to have quiet space without interruptions, I encourage you to play back the podcast link and really connect with Trish because this is somebody who truly does walk her talk. This is the real deal and this is somebody who has made such an impression in shifting change with so many people around the globe. So for the gift of your time today, Trish, I just want to say thank you very much. I respect you i endorse you i believe in you um and i thank you for what you do for women like myself to uh you know take your lead and and understand that anything is possible and that somebody like myself can have in fact 25 years of expertise behind them i'm only four or five years in so you're very much uh, a beacon of light for me and certainly an inspire so thank you so much
0: Thank you. I want to, uh, to extend my thanks to you, Lisa, and your team for giving me an opportunity to connect with your audience. And certainly um, what you had mentioned is very true. Collaboration and support of one another is all we can hope for. And if the message resonates, then so much the better. And my heartfelt thanks to you for giving me an opportunity to share my story
1: well thank you and i know that we'll continue to be in touch behind the scenes as time goes on because if there's anything i can do to further assist you or connect you with other people i feel that's my due diligence and i would only want to um you know be an instrument of change in helping you along the way to not that you need it by any means but still <laughs> I, I, again i feel that that's my due diligence and my inherent responsibility so again i want to thank trish for her phenomenal time with us today on living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald again i'm your host I'm I'm here every Friday, as you know, with a phenomenal guest of each week. Uh, Again, following the live interview, you can eventually find the podcast link up on my host page, also Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald on the C-Suite Radio Network. I want to once again thank my loyal listeners, my over half a million podcast subscribers, and my corporate sponsors, Halton Honda and Forever for believing in myself, my guest of each week, and the content that we bring to you. With everything we want to do to inspire you. My job, my purpose, my passion is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Wishing you a phenomenal weekend. I'll be back here again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 Central, 11 Eastern with another yummy guest. Take care and all my best. Love and gratitude. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald.